Hi, Beth. Hey, Beth. You're Abby. Dear Kiki. Desperate housewives. Doesn't want to marry you. Love you like I love you. Don't talk to yourself. Cheers, Beth. Cheers. Ill-advised. This is ill-advised. Hi, Biffs. Hello. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Ill Advice. The podcast where two best friends tell you what to do when someone else already has. Like your therapist. Or our guest retired psychotherapist, Rachel Sievers from Consent to Treat. Hello. Hi, Rachel. Hey, how are you guys? Welcome. We're just ducky. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. So we are happy. so excited to have you. Like thrilled, like ridiculously thrilled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've like, I don't know. I've never talked about consent to treat on this podcast before ever. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, not in like the last two episodes. No. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, give us a little bit of a a spiel of consent to treat um, to our listeners. If they haven't already, because I'm obsessed, they should. (laughs) (laughs) I think you manifested me just from talking about about me. Listen, I really think so. It was a dream. I remember sitting at at it, a bar at dinner going like, oh, Rachel, just send me a message and I didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were meant to come together. So Consent to Treat is my podcast. Uh, it started, gosh, about a year and a half, two years ago, maybe two years ago now. I record real counseling sessions with my clients. And then after after the sessions, then I break it down for you. I kind of give you what was interesting about it, what was significant, what did you just hear, and I give mental health tips. And I I try to do it in a fun but clinical, smart format. Such a brilliant podcast. You have my full attention. It's so, so brilliant. <laughs> I could just listen to you talk forever. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I do love awesome. your reels. Also, your reels on Facebook. Oh, they're insane. Oh, they're so great. good. I think you Thanks. have another microphone there. Is that a cat tail? <laughs> this is a cat that will not leave me alone. Yeah. I, know. I I listen to your podcast at, in, while I'm lifting, which is so unconventional. It makes no sense. Really? Yeah, it's really What weird. does it do for you, I wonder? I, it distracts me. Mm. Oh, yeah? It distracts me and I'm paying attention to something that I want to pay attention to rather than counting repetitions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you must actually find it like genuinely interesting. I actually like your, I remember coming across your reels and that's how I got to listening to your podcast. And I went to her immediately. Mm-hmm. I was like, you need to listen to this. And yeah. so oh, I binged right. your first season and a half. I think you were halfway through the second season. If not the the intercession between two and three. I um, think so. Yeah, that sounds when right. It, when I started, when I just binged right through, I would go, I drive a lot. i at the gym a lot. I'm literally cooking all the time. And so it's my podcast time. And, you know, I caught up on my favorite murder. So why not go on the other side of the spectrum? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are also mentioning another huge part of what I do. And that's my online like reels, creating videos that actually show what personality disorders look like in real life. What poor communication looks like in real life. It, I actually, I like to act it out for people because I think talking about it is one thing, reading about it is one thing, but seeing it in seeing real time it. Yeah. is is a completely different level of understanding. Yeah. And I think people really, they appreciate that Yeah, because people are hungry yeah. to understand 
Yeah. You know, like what the hell is going on with my spouse or my mom or my kid or whatever. Or me. And or me. <laughs> or yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so many people in response to my reels are like, I think that's me. I think yeah. I do that. I yeah. am I a narcissist? Am well, I I was just going to I go there. Of like, mm-hmm. how do you respond to those? Because you've said it on on your show, you know, like, you know, you might have a trait here and there, but that doesn't make you a narcissist. How do you respond to those people who are like, I have nine out of 10? Like, <laughs> am, I, am, I, yeah. am I close enough to that? <laughs> like, well, uh, on the one hand, I'll say if you're, if you're wondering about it, the chances are you actually aren't diagnosable mm-hmm. with a personality disorder because people with personality disorders are not, they lack self-awareness. Oh, okay. If, there is a chance that you have this this disorder or that you have these traits connect yourself to someone who can help you help you grow like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it no judgment mm-hmm. like you want to be your best so so go find someone that's going to guide you there amen fuck it i mean we're all fucked up somehow <laughs> like we all we Cheers all need that. help <laughs> like, that. it's okay yes. It's okay. It's like right before we record, it's like the who's the fucked up more Olympics. Yeah. (laughs) We just catch up. We just catch up. It's been two days. What what happened in your world? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so in in true ill-advised fashion, we have a wine this week. Unfortunately, we couldn't pair it up. So Rachel, um, talk to us about what you're drinking this week. I am drinking a $6 bottle of Prosecco from we Grocery Outlet Bargain Market. <laughs> so yes. over, over here in California, I don't know where else Grocery Outlet Bargain Market is at. It's called Pink, which Wonderful. I already love it. Pink <laughs> Prosecco, D-O-C, sparkling wine. Don't know what that means, but that's what's here. I and think it's, it's Italian. A, it's a rosé. D-O-C. Yeah, I think it's a... a I, I think I you're right. It. It's, it, no, because on the back, denominazione controllata, di right? Or origine controllata. Wow, it's it's you're seventy smart. episodes under our belt of this. Oh, okay, <laughs> I just learned something new. Yeah, that's it. That's the yeah, only right. way I know. If it's not French, it's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of learning new things. What are we learning? I'm. We're going to find out. We are. With questions. Well, let's get this kicked off. Cheers. 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 Let's do it. I'm so- this is so exciting. Elodie just cheered over here. Excellent. Yay. Wait, what are you guys drinking? We are drinking a Prosecco from... We just picked one just to go with it. Yeah. Just to go I'll with the Prosecco. With Prosecco. So that we stayed on brand. We love a Prosecco anyway. We love mm, anything. So, any excuse. In, in summertime, especially. Oh, yep. Yes. So this week's questions are coming from Ask Amy of the Washington Post. Yay. Are you ready, Rachel? <laughs> sure. The first question that we have this I just week, need to reiterate, please reiterate to our listeners that the advice you're about to get is legit this time. <laughs> It isn't just. Is it legit, Rachel? Is it? You tell us. It's like drinking. Yeah. For, enter, for entertainment purposes only, but we, we 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 are under the influence and being influenced by someone. Yes. Me and Beth are not qualified. Rachel, add your own disclaimer if you would like. <laughs> I will make sure it makes the cut. <laughs> I mean, 
from a legal standpoint, yes, please don't take any of the advice that I'm giving today as real actual advice. Please consult your <laughs> therapist, yes, counselor, or you. doctor for for <laughs> for advice. But just but, for fun today, I'm going to give what what Rachel, what kind of advice would Rachel give? Yes, that's that's what so I'm going to give today. It. It's exactly what we so were looking for. for, and let's have fun with it. This first question is the title of the article is "Father-in-law wants to issue premarital warning." Are we ready, dear Amy? Do I have an obligation to warn my future son-in-law about my daughter's mental illness? Let me explain. Mm. I've been married to her mother for more than 20 years. My wife could be the poster child for narcissistic personality disorder. She has all of the classic symptoms, verbal abuse, constant blaming, hypercritical, shaming, public ridiculing, and physical battering. To say the past 20 years have been a living nightmare would be a huge understatement. Our only daughter, who is due to marry a very decent guy, is a perfect clone of my wife. She demonstrates all, capital letters, A-L-L, of the abusive behaviors, in case you didn't know how to spell all. (laughs) I didn't mean to insult anyone. (laughs) (laughs) She demonstrates all of the abusive behaviors exactly like my spouse. I know what kind of a marriage this young man is headed for, and I feel guilty not saying anything. Most people don't realize that this behavior is a form of mental illness and the person slash behavior will never change. Do I owe him a more complete explanation? Worried future father-in-law. This Hmm. is such a good question. Rachel's got a look. Well, (laughs) I think it's a little suspicious. Uh Uh-oh. Go on. Is this my turn to talk? You can talk whenever you want. You don't need permission. It's your job to save the day as the woman. Group of friends. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I already think it's suspicious that this person wrote into a newspaper or a journal, an advice right? Columnist. Or, yes. An advice columnist and kind of bashed both his wife and his daughter. Interesting. So I'm a little, I, the source itself is a little questionable to me. I never if, would have even gone there. Never. <laughs> never. That was a good backhand. <laughs> good. Well, I, but think felt. about it. If you if your child exhibited signs of a mental health disorder, would you go and be like, she has all the signs of her mother? <laughs> She's dangerous and somebody <laughs> needs to be warned about her. Like, ah, no, maybe can we talk about getting your daughter counseling? <laughs> like, let's care for your daughter aren't you the father in this situation i don't know i just think that's a little red flaggy right there yeah red flaggy in what sense i'm following i'm tracking with you i'm just curious for you so i am by no means saying that this person is mentally unwell that's not what i'm saying the writer yeah but like narcissists will tell counselors tell lawyers, tell everybody, my spouse is such a narcissist. And so is my daughter. And everybody needs to be warned about them because they've made my life hell. They're terrible. (laughs) Okay. They will do that. (laughs) Okay. That makes sense. Someone with a more normal personality, and I'm saying that with my little air quotes, right? Yes. Someone with a more normal personality would be trying to get their child help. Uh, It wouldn't publicly, you know, bash their spouse might divorce or separate from the abusive partner instead of being with them for 20 years. So there, there's some sort of instability, I think, going on with the writer. 
that I'm just saying that. That's holy that's schmoly. That's interesting. I thought this was like I would go straight genuine. to the yeah. I did too. Like, do I tell the my potential future son-in-law about what he's about to walk into? Right. But yeah, I I think I would have gone to like, do you really know she has that? Have you? Talk to her about it to see if she would seek counseling to figure out what her real issues are, if she has any whatsoever. I wouldn't have come like from the direction of like, you know. Yeah, what if this guy's this. just a super grumpy guy? He's been going through it with his wife for this long, and now his daughter is following suit, and now yeah. he's just like, I'm at my wit's end. Yeah. Do I tell this Let, guy or not? And let's just go with that. Okay, yeah. Let's for just take the question. Sure. For the sake of the question, because it's a it's a legitimate question. Yeah. But he he uses the word oh. Like, do I owe it? Which to me that uh, the, then you then you have the clear answer. No, you don't owe you don't owe right. anything to anybody. Right. True. Right. So I guess it's like, do I am I obligated to to warn him? Am I he obligated to obligated. let him? Yeah. No, you're not obligated. You don't owe anybody. Well, but then he uses the then he used the word guilty. He feels guilty. So if you're experiencing like guilt around this, then yeah, then let's let's allow that to move you. But the idea of being like owing or obligating, I, I think that's owing or being obligated to. It, the clear answer is no. A- am I making any sense right now? You're yeah, making no, absolutely. perfect. We're we're in awe. That's what you're yes. reading. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. I'm listening we to were. your episodes right now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm hyper focused. No, yeah. it's, so if it's you're just gonna, so interesting. Yeah. So if you're gonna do something, do it because you feel guilt. There's just a guilt thing happening, not because you owe it to, to anybody. So does he uh what's the word I want? Like should the one that's on the tip he, of your tongue. Like yeah, is is he so if he's I, I guess if I'm experiencing something or or this, you know, I know that my wife should he is tell. experiencing this nauseous narcissistic trait, personality disorder, whatever, and I see these because he did mention that the son and my undiagnosed daughter. The son in law is a good guy. Yeah, whatever that means, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with but. you on that. So he he feels like he needs to let him know that he might be walking into Someone start. with narcissistic personality disorder. If if he's he's she's undiagnosed is what we're hearing, right? Are we all on the same page here? But that the yeah. wife has these tendencies. Does he really need to warn his son-in-law, his future son-in-law, about something? Like, I, if I knew she was diagnosed with something and experienced things and knew he didn't know, then it would be something different, right? Like, I want to know how oh, long he's know. been with like the daughter. Might. Yeah, you gotta get a good sense after. A year, two years, three years with somebody, you gotta get a good sense that like there might be other things going on here, right? Well, this just yeah, became to, that much to more say, to say that like the future son-in-law doesn't recognize these traits in his partner. Well, that yeah, You're, not, you haven't. Maybe you shouldn't be getting married. <laughs> well, it, it's like he, you, he, he knows, he knows. It's his fiance. <laughs> of course, like he knows right. that she can be critical, that she can be judgmental, she can be moody. Like he knows these things about her. Right. So what so, more does dad have to offer him? I never you know? thought yeah. of it that way. That's what I was. What the hell? That's, That's so straightforward like. to me, though. And I feel like I'm not. Yeah. I'm thinking too. Like I put a snorkel in and I'm going for a deep dive. Like I'm not. 
he knows what he's marrying of into. Of course, well, that's he what I, knows. yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Sorry, he he might not be conceptualizing it as oh, she has a personality she, disorder, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. a serious, right. but he knows her personality. Well, that's where I'm coming at it from. Like she doesn't know she he doesn't know she has a personality disorder. Like what the f? Like I can't believe she didn't disclose this. But then I'm like, well, it's not lost on him. Like I yeah. never thought of it that way. Like. Maybe right. he doesn't know how to label it, but he's experiencing what he's experiencing and he's still going to marry her. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. That was great. <laughs> my, here, here's, my, here's my advice. Dad, yeah. dad, if you are mentally stable, and that's a big if, <laughs> if, you're, if you are genuine about this whole thing and you just really are worried about him, it sounds like this. Hey, my daughter's very similar to my wife. If you if you'd like to, you know, know anything about what it's like to be in a relationship with someone like that, I'd be happy to talk to you. Just let me know. Well, shit. <laughs> I love that. Nothing I, near where no, we would have. And we can say what, that with what would you have done for each other? Yeah, we would have gone straight to the question. We would have gone straight to the what what the question was and said, you know, you're. Of course, I think we would have acknowledged that she wasn't diagnosed, or we. You know what I mean? Like I he's jumping. To, I would have said if he's not aware of his potential, his fiance's behaviors. Oh, I see. But you, you know still I mean? would have assumed, or you still would have had that kind of like your response would have had a, a facet of it or something in it that kind of alluded to like he's experiencing what he's experiencing and he's choosing to marry into this or not. Right. Which is. Because still my still better way of thinking first, than I would have gone. My first question was, how long has he been with this, with his fiance, with the daughter? Right, that's true. For him to how does not, it, but how does that change anything? Oh, so if it was like six just, months, right? If he wasn't fully aware years. of like she's moody or she's like he's experienced the spectrum. The yeah. spectrum. If of he's all of like this. this is fresh and new, and he's not aware, then maybe I don't know. That's, that's where I was. That's where my brain was. How long has he been with the daughter, and yeah, how aware of certain things is he? Either way, my mm-hmm. mind is totally blown because I love the way that this went, and I really want to see how this stacks up against the columnist, shall we? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, Amy. First, let's do you. Hold on a second. <laughs> I didn't share these with you. Can you confirm I did not share these with you? No, yeah, I had no idea what was going to Your married life has been a nightmare. You have been verbally and physically abused. I urge you to find a way to exit this relationship safely. You should be you should not be a martyr to your wife's disorder. My understanding of NPD is that it is everything you described and also unfortunately resistant to treatment because the behavior carries along with it a profound arrogance. People who have this push and punish and then gaslight their partner. It is characterized by the toxic combination of rage and a lack of empathy. I suggest you seek professional therapy on your own behalf and make a decision about what to do with your own life. I have this book on my shelf and recommend it for you called Should I Stay or Should I Go? Surviving a Relationship with a Narcissist by Romani Dervasula. And I'm going to stick to that pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably French. Um, in terms of warning your daughter's future husband, you could frame it like this. Caroline's mother and I have an extremely challenging marriage. 
I am seeking professional help to come to terms with her behavior and how it has affected me. Unfortunately, I see some of the same behavior with Caroline. I want the best for you. And all I can say is that I wish someone had talked to me before I took the big step, this big step of marriage. Of course, I support you as my future son-in-law and I'm here for you if you need me. He will likely reject this. When this conversation gets back to your daughter and wife, you will be belittled and blamed. Only undertake this task if you feel prepared and can do so safely. Okay, so that was pretty close. That section. That was pretty well, similar. close. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything in that in that kind of response to the son-in-law that you disagree with or that you would caution against saying? No. No, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think I agreed with all that. Yeah, that was great. I not really agree, but like, yeah, I think that was like super helpful. Yeah, well, usually that was interesting. We have, this we is usually fun. have a good back and forth with the responses too. But I thank you for kind of opening that that as a possibility. I never would have come up with maybe the reader is experiencing something that you know what I mean. Yeah, that yeah. Yeah, I think we always have to take into consideration the source. It's so fascinating because I'm telling you, like. I've seen some clients for years and then something's happening in their marriage and they say, you know what, can I bring my spouse in? You know, maybe you could give us some advice or it would help you understand us better. And when their spouse gets there, there's such a different understanding of the situation, of my client, of of the dynamic between the two of them. And I think that always taught me, you know, you're just getting this person's take on it. And you're getting it from their personality, from their perspective, from their mood, from whatever dynamic the client and I have, you know, that's shaping yeah. the message yeah. that I'm getting. So, so you always have to take into consideration the person sitting in front of you or the person writing in, like, this is just their story. It's yeah. their view on things. And well, it, it's really funny because we, when we do this, we can spiral when it comes to these questions and get in, mm-hmm. like, you know, get into uh, an adjacent topic that gets into another adjacent topic, et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. then we're like, we got to circle back. We got to go with the information that we do have. Right. But, but never do we go immediately to like this person's experience, which is very interesting to me. Not unless it was like right. super obvious. Right. Like you sound like a bitch or <laughs> exactly. that type of thing. <laughs> that was great. For, yeah. That was. Elodie wants to bring up something. Hit here. us. I just think it's really interesting the fact that, you know, he asked, should I tell this person? And part of the response from Rachel was, here's what you tell them. I have something. I have information. If you want to hear it, let me know and we'll talk more. So it's not like you're bombarding this other person with your point of view. You're more saying like, hey, here's what I'm noticing. If you want to talk more about it, I'm available to you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I just thought that's interesting. Yeah, it's perfect. It is perfect because yeah. it's you. You, I feel like it's more. You'd be more receptive of that. And then Versus you, as like, the person, kind of clearing your conscience in a way, like yeah. I, you know, like I feel like now I need to tell you something, to but they want to, right? Yeah, that is pretty brilliant. You're so just brilliant, Rachel. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go to the next one? Yes, please. This is so fun. This one is a title that this one really stuck out to me. And Rachel, we're going to need you for this one. Okay. Okay, Like need you. And I'm going to ask a follow up question afterwards. 
Yeah. This one's called Psychologist Needs to Heal Herself. Mm. So it's a little, a little change in dynamic here. A very interesting change. This one's from May 10th, 2014. And it goes, Dear Amy, my sister is a clinical psychologist. Recently, wow. I introduced her to a close friend of mine. My friend hosted a gathering for Easter and invited us both. I could not make it, but my sister did. I received a call from my friend afterward. She was very upset. Apparently, my sister took it upon herself to give unsolicited advice to some of the party goers that she had just met. She jumped in when a child had a meltdown, chastising the parent and reprimanding the grandmother, causing an angry response from the grandmother. My sister then insulted another individual she just met by criticizing this person's method of counseling in her own practice. I was told that many at the party were shocked and insulted by her lack of tact and social graces. My sister makes a habit of telling people how to conduct their lives and aggressively pushes her opinions onto others under the guise of just trying to help. She has alienated many family members over the years, asking personal questions to those she just met. For instance, asking young people about their sexual practices and birth control methods, methods, and then giving advice that is not wanted. She seems to be especially intolerant of small children and openly criticizes the parents in front of everyone. In parentheses, she doesn't have kids. Oh, I wish she would. <laughs> when relationships with loved ones <laughs> are not going her way, she breaks down and cries like she's being mistreated. She says, quote, that's just how I am. You need to change how you feel, end quote. <laughs> what should I what? say or do to get through to her? She's very intelligent, but never admits any wrongdoing on her part. Upset sister. That's just how I am. You need to change. You need to change how you feel. <laughs> Which one of you would like to tackle this first? <laughs> I would like the psychologist, the psychotherapist. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> she's looking back. She's like, where? <laughs> yeah. What do you do when your therapist needs therapy? Oh, gosh. There's just so much happening in this. Just to answer her question, you don't do anything. What are you going to do? Like, what are you going to say to her? Hey, I think you need counseling. And then what is she going to say? I'm a psychologist. I already know everything. You know, like she's like, you don't do anything. You don't say anything. You just take care of yourself. So maybe stop going around your sister and don't invite her to your fucking friend's birthday parties. Like, (laughs) and let her go. Like, hello. I mean, you know her. Like, she's going to be an asshole. Like, why? Why even engage anymore? Wow. I don't think there's any. There's nothing to there's nothing to do with sister right sister is either going to see the light or she's not she sounds histrionic to me she sounds what histrionic okay attention seeking like yeah yeah just eyes on me eyes on me eyes on me eyes on me and then when people are like you're being super rude they're just like what i i'm just being helpful but i love you what do you mean right yeah wow so you do nothing with sister psychologists what, like, what are you going to do? Put her in a cage? Like, what the fuck are you going to do with her? There's nothing to do. You don't do things with other people. You take care of yourself. Mm. You take care of yourself. And in doing that, sister might see the light. But if you've already talked to her once about it and she didn't like hear you, then okay, you've, you've tried. Now go take care of yourself. I am fascinated by the concept that somebody could have a personality disorder, go through the schooling and the whole learning environment of psychology and not be aware Mm -hmm. 
that there may or may not be something going on internally or with themselves. Right. How does that happen? So the number one hallmark of an actual personality disorder is you lack the third eye. You can't see yourself. You lack the awareness to be able... Right. And that's where everyone in their life is like, oh, if I just said the right thing, they would see it. Or if I just explained to them enough or if I, you know, if I showed them video of themselves or yeah, like they'll see it. But but literally, I have a family member who's histrionic and I just put some videos out there on histrionic personality disorder. And she's like liking them and she's sending them (laughs) to people. And she's like, these views are so great. And I'm like, yeah, the third one, that was you. Like that was literally (laughs) you. I was doing you. And she has no idea. They don't see it. And I'm not trying to make fun of it's it's just, right. No, it's how does that give, happen? How did what causes somebody to just not not have be able any to awareness like to be themselves. so oblivious, even learning about these types of disorders and learning about what those, those traits are? How do you I like, feel like it's so just common alone. for people to be like, oh, my God, I do that or oh, my God, right. I'm like that. So it's exactly what I was going to say. Just in the conversations right. that we're having right now, like there are some things that kind of resonated what with me that goes you on said that they have. They're not able to. Yeah. Where what goes on that they just completely miss that? Well, I don't I don't think there's a one thing that happens. But if you think about the fact that personality disordered individuals lack the ability to. um esteem from within, to know thyself, to know their worth, to understand that they're good, they're safe, they're all right, like to know that from within. They have to for, you know, the the reason whatever reasons happen in childhood or genetics or whatever the science, we don't want to get into that discussion, but for whatever reason, they don't have that already in them. It wasn't taught. So they, they have to like create a reality that makes them valuable. Interesting. Ah, this is just, I could never end this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten to this part in your schooling yet? No. That's no, so I just, my brain can't grasp like mm. how you can, especially if you're a psychologist yourself, mm-hmm. how can you not? So Have you ever gotten in an argument with someone with a personality disorder? A- at the end of it, you're like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. What did we even, Every day. What are we even talking about? Every day. Like, it's, because, it's because moment by moment by moment, they're making up reality like as they go. So their opinions shift, their ideas shift, their ideas about people, the world, like, everything for them is just shifting, shifting, shifting so that it's in their favor always. Right? Yes. So you can think of that when you talk to them. It's like, wait, but you just like last week, you just said that the sky is indigo. And today you're like fighting me because it's teal. Like, what are we talking about? But yeah, they they are just making it up as they go. And they do it in so many different ways, like creating their own reality. They do it in a million ways. But I I would say that's where that lack of self-awareness comes from, because they're not going through their lives, like from the in out, they're creating their lives around them all the time. So there, there is nothing to for them to recognize, to see and hear. Holy shit. That makes so much sense. And and it's it's 
you're opening my eyes to so many other possibilities that I don't know if I can ever continue this podcast again because I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, just, no. <laughs> no, no. I ruined. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> and I guess that's the point of ill-advised, right? <laughs> but I think that it's it's just, I, I, even your interactions with this p- person that we have in mind leave me going like, what the fuck? Like, how? Wait a second. So hold on. You guys haven't mentioned anyone, but you both know that you're both thinking about the same person right now? Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah, we're psychically connected. Isn't that cool? We're even on the same cycle. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Specifically, as you were saying, the part about like having an argument or a conversation with somebody and you're just after like a minute, you're just like, I'm so lost. Well, like, how does it, what does this have to do? Like, that is Mm -hmm. my, your literal reality daily, (laughs) like your daily reality. Constant. So it is so fast. Yeah. He's aware that, and I'm just aware of the what the Exactly. Cause I'm constantly like, Uh Oh, you know, this happened. And then all of a sudden it turned into an argument about, this and he's like what and i, I was what like just, exactly what like, conversation were you having right or were they yeah like how did there? it get there yeah like yes were they present one plus one equals b <laughs> yeah. all Perfect. the time like uh, yeah and they and they will make that make sense yes to them to them and you're a dummy if you don't understand yes but then i start to feel like a dummy because i don't understand no you start like, to feel like, like a dummy because they make you minutes. they go out of their way to try to make you feel like a dummy for not understanding their irrational thought process yeah. which is mm-hmm. just a whole other story altogether mm-hmm. yeah but we're not professionals so let let's not <laughs> diagnose this one. Oh, i did four years ago <laughs> i know you did <laughs> so this is just it's really interesting altogether so you're saying in general do nothing just take care of you like your sister is your sister and what are you going to do yeah, like, why are you still trying? Yeah. Why are you still hanging out with her? And I agree with well, that. Well, what do you... I think I, I agree with that. Because she's your sister? A wall is are a we, wall. Are we doing that? Like, well, uh, she's my sister, so I have to invite her to parties and stuff? I know, but, like, what if I still love her? Or, like, what if we're still... You know what I mean? I've accepted who and what she is. So it doesn't... You know what I mean? There's lots of people I love that I don't hang out with them all the time. I love my barista. I love my bartender. Yeah, but they're not your sibling. You know what I mean? If I had a yeah, and, my... and I understand people people think about this very differently. I don't I don't give anybody a free pass. Like just because you have like sibling label doesn't mean you get to like No, absolutely. And, and I I'm agree. still gonna like, I agree, but it's like, you know, for me it's like you want better for this person. It's like you? I accept you for who you are. Like you suck and you're <laughs> difficult and but like it is what it is. I still love you. I still you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it doesn't necessarily bother me if we're hanging out or whatever. So then what? I'm not going to cut you out of my life because I love you and well, I like a, to hang out with you. It. I like to, like, I accept you for who you are. So I have no issues. If we hang out, mm-hmm. you are who you are. It is what it is. Okay. So yeah, then what? And, and, but I think that's what, what Rachel's getting at is like, then nothing. You know, it is what it is with you. But like the specific group of friends that you're going around with, it's on you whether or not you're going to invite your sister. Yeah, what's the specific question? It's like the very oh. last line, I think. Oh, what should I say to get through to her? Yeah, I mean, nothing. It, it, there's nothing to get through to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's really interesting. That's great. Um, so I, I do need to ask this, though. 
because we are talking about a an a non-self-aware psychologist. Um, and when we, we read the title earlier, we kind of got into this little kind of back and forth, not a back and forth, but something I wanted to bring up. Mm. And it's just a psychologist who is, I, I feel like any psychologist I've ever spoken to or any counselor is in therapy themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They've, they're, I don't know if that's a requirement, it just, or maybe it's a coincidence that I just have people who care about themselves in my life, <laughs> you know? No, you're lucky. Uh, oh, great. Um, so if, if a psychologist is experiencing some really strong personal mental health issues, mm-hmm. is there a point where this psychologist or counselor needs to to step away or gauge in themselves or they need to step away? Or I don't know if I'm articulating this correctly. Is there is there a point where they need to step away or is it okay for them to feel like they can't counsel at this very time and step away because of their own psychological issues? Or is it moot? Does it matter? Are they able to still counsel in spite of or despite what they're going through? And I just, I only ask this because it's just, it's, it's an interesting dynamic to me. I, I don't think that that necessarily precludes you from having to do anything because it doesn't for me. I've suffered through my yeah. own anxiety, depression, all of it my entire life. And I've screamed it from the mountaintops. And there's a billboard if you drive down the freeway local to you that you'll find that says Ray has anxiety and depression, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So none of that bothers me. But is do, are, is there like a playbook or any guidance to psychologists who experience like very strong mental health episodes, et cetera? I don't know. if Yeah. Well, the guidelines really are am am i able to hold a safe container for this other person so if my state is so fragile that by you talking about your situation i become unstable then i'm no longer able to practice i i've gone through very stressful times in my life or emotional times in my life but snapping into that mindful state with my clients is actually <laughs> really nice. So I've never, mm. I've never found, no, I, I've had to take a few days off and it's like, oh, okay. But, you know, but my partner just walked out on me or something. Okay. So yeah. now, now I know I'm not going to be able to practice that day. I will not be able to hold a container for someone else. Yeah. I have lots of friends who are clinicians. I've had one give up the practice altogether because it was just too much for them to bear. They would take it all home. Mm. They would feel it every day. They're completely burnt out because they feel so much about their clients. I have one really good friend who has bipolar 2 disorder and who who goes into very manic, long, intense manic episodes where he has to kind of shut down his practice for a month at a time. He knows never to see more than 15 clients a week. Uh, 10 is his juicy spot. Like that's where he likes to keep it. You know, Really, you're just supposed to be on top of your own shit all the time and just be making sure, can I hold the space for this person? Can I hold the space? Can I hold the space? And if you can't, it is your ethical obligation to cancel your clients or connect them with someone else. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I don't think I would have pulled, which I'm very surprised about, by the way, but I don't think I would have pulled ethics into it. I never know why. And That's I, all it is. Like, That's all I think about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm like, I'm too scared to do anything because ethics. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. Okay. Let's get to Amy's response on this one, shall we? And thank you for responding to that, Rachel. I appreciate that. Sure. Yes. Dear sister, your sister should know well through her professional training that people don't actually need to change the way that they feel. People do frequently need to change the way they act, however. Let's start with your sister. Right before I keep reading, that's the one thing that we didn't address was you need to change the way you feel. But, I don't like that. that <laughs> I don't like that. That was like, of course you don't like that because yeah, it's terrible. That's not a thing. Okay, so I feel, I'm right. Like <laughs> I, I don't need to be justified in the way I feel in terms of that. But no, no what, one should ever tell another person is, ever, ever in all of history and for all the future of all humanity, no one should ever be told you need to change the way you, the way you feel. feel. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like, wild. I'm sorry that's you feel so that stupid. way, right? Yeah. That's wild. Okay. So just making sure. <laughs> Drawing on her expertise with how to deal with children, she will be familiar with the concept of natural consequences. A natural consequence of her intolerant and aggressive behavior is for people not to spend time with her. I assume your mutual friend will stop inviting her to events and your friend, not you, should handle this. You are in a position to influence your sister by telling her, I love you and respect you, but your habit of leaping over boundaries and interjecting your views is tough to take. I don't like it and this is affecting our relationship. You cannot change your sister. You can only encourage her to work on her own personal growth, perhaps in therapy. I'll pass along a quote I have taped to my computer unsolicited advice is always Mm -hmm. self-serving okay nicely done you two (laughs) you too (laughs) i'm just sitting here looking pretty (laughs) i just let you guys do the work you look pretty (laughs) oh thank you so much (laughs) um that was yeah that was really spot on you can't change your sister and i love you and that's pretty much it yeah deuces (laughs) yeah peace i'm gonna go to that party you weren't invited to Mm mm-hmm I love it. I have one more quote. Oh, hit us. Because I I learned that, the unsolicited advice thing, kind of, but I learned it from Dale Carnegie, who I just love. Mm-hmm. And I really don't love white men very often. <laughs> so <laughs> He says, unless someone has asked you to speak, they're not listening. So n- never, never speak unless someone has asked you. Ah. that one's hard for me to swallow it makes sense what you're saying makes total sense yeah i'm with you but right next to me that that that's like there's a very fine line between that and don't speak unless you're spoken to (sighs) but what it means what it means and uh, like between the two of you there's there's sort of like a tacit agreement that you can give me advice i'm always wanting to hear you know yeah and that's okay or like if my clients come to me they want to hear what i have to say but I'm not going to walk up to someone and be like, hey, your baby's crying. I think you should pick him up. Hold him. You know, or or, like some unsolicited advice. If someone hasn't been like, hey, could somebody help me with parenting? Yeah. I'm not going to give you my advice. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what I think. Mm -mm. Nope. I like. Wait, that's not true. I might tell you what I think, but I'm not going to like try to like get you to change or understand right. or learn something from me unless you've actually asked me in a in a in a explicit or non-explicit way like hear yeah. me yeah. out but i know this might not change your mind like it's not my intent to change your or mind like what if this was going on or i feel like you and i do that a lot like just ask questions any way to maybe try to get you to see from a different perspective or i want to give you this advice but i don't want to 
offend you or feel like I'm trying to give you advice. Is that our codependence at work? You're obsessed with this codependency that I do not see or agree with. Okay. I just, I accept it and I love it. (laughs) But I don't know what you're accepting. You know, I I wish I understood it myself. Then where is it coming from? I don't know. I don't know. You just decided that. No, I didn't. <laughs> just decided one day that we're Rachel, are we codependent? <laughs> I don't know. No. Can uh, we, we have either. some? No. Can we inform either. Ray on codependency? You know, actually, that's actually oh, a really boy. good point because Can because we make I've a mutual? heard I have heard. Well, I, I I'm so we're we're kind of kidding about it, but we're kind of not because I've heard so many different definitions for codependency that I'd actually like to hear something from a professional where it actually, you know, it's there's an enabling from one person and the other, and who's enabling whom, and is it being enabled or enabling that makes you codependent? And so it's just it's and and I think that yes, I I do play around with calling us codependent, but I also do think that in the way that we word things or the way that we try to appease each other and the way that we talk to each other, whether or not we're actually being codependent or not, we are kind of contributing to that dynamic in some way. So I just... I wholeheartedly disagree. But I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we're just so like, you and I know how to communicate. Mm Mm-hmm. So when we're specifically speaking to each other, it is a very good form of communication. Because it's we're honest and we understand where the other person is coming from. It's like, I, I, can, I can yes, give yes, my... Yes, you <laughs> wait, 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 <laughs> Rachel's looking at us. She wants to interject. Okay, go. Stop being codependent. I may be able to clarify. Because <laughs> I'm like whispering. Right? Tell us. Tell us everything. <laughs> so I, I think... Uh, the codependency topic gets a little uh, muddied uh, because of words like enabling and stuff like that. Codependency is so often linked to the subject of like um, alcoholism and drug abuse. And these people always link up because codependents enable. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we, if we like take, take all that stuff and just put it over here and just look at right next to Ellie at its core. Mm -hmm. No, it's actually behind Ellie more like on the bed. (laughs) Can't. The irony. <laughs> so codependency is super simplified. I don't know who I am or if I'm any good unless you're validating me. And so everything Told that I do, everything that I do, thank you. I'm I'm doing it to get your validation or to get you to show me who I am. So okay. if I really don't speak up because I don't want to upset you because I need you to be happy with me so that I feel like I'm okay. Or if I behave a certain way so that you think that I'm good, so that I feel that I'm good. So codependence, like besides me now, codependence, like like no, they do a dance. Like their whole life is just like a dance, a dance, a dance, just to make sure that everybody's happy. Because when everybody's happy, then they're like, okay, I'm good, I'm okay. So who's codependent in that respect? Is it the person who's? I just answered my own question. Never mind. It's the (laughs) person who's the person who's doing a dance for the world. So that the is world that, thinks they're okay. Is that similar to it or the same as people pleasing? People or pleasing is absolutely one aspect of codependency. Okay. So you can be a people pleaser without being codependent. Sure. Okay. Damn. 
So just, can you need, agree with me now that we're not? I, I mean, I can agree with you, because. but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still okay with it. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. It's it's that enabling. You are right. That enabling thing where that gets really confusing to me. Yeah. So I think it and, it it confuses the issue a lot for people. And but plus, we're so earnest about like the way that we talk to each other too. It's and I think you might agree with this on some some form like we kind of try to like gauge the temperature of the other where it's like, all right, I'm going to say this in a way where you can kind of understand it, but like cater to that person's emotion in that moment or be totally blunt about it. Yeah. And I, I feel like, but, yeah. And I, I, I think that's where I'm at. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. She's got a hand up. <laughs> yes, Rachel. <laughs> I love conversations like these. I could talk about it forever. So if you are consciously making a decision to be codependent or to people please or not, then you're not codependent. Oh, I fucking love if, this shit. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers, because Rachel. It's, there's a difference between, you know what? I'm super tactful. I'm aware. I'm considerate. See, that's what I was trying so, to say. Is that we're just that, very, like, mm-hmm. you're you're not in a good place mentally, so I'm not going to tell yeah. you this thing the way I may have mm-hmm. before. That's our dynamic. I guess I just never would have and thought that, not, that, um, that intent matters, too. Yes. In this case. I'm deciding when to pull out my codependency, whatever. Right. I I drive it. It doesn't drive me. If you're driving it, it's not codependency. Yes, because how many arguments do we get into? Or like, not arguments, but like the little bicker. I would call them arguments. We've gotten into disagreements. So we're okay. If you're mad at me, my world doesn't end. (laughs) No. We're going to be texting tomorrow morning some strange meme about somebody doing something to somebody. I have had to yell at this man I feel like once a week but that we're not what? codependent. But you know what? I love this. <laughs> I love that I was able to yell at you or that you were able to yell at me about it because we were able to have this conversation. Because we're not codependent. More. That's why I was able to yell at but you. But I learned it. something on air. We, yes, I learned no, that something. Was very, Rachel, can yay. we publish this? Yes. <laughs> you have my yes. consent. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was wonderful. Thank so you so we much. we are not incorrect in kind of taking the temperature. Before we no. approach things, that's, that's so, being really that's, that's being really present and considerate. That's and, how I know. felt, yeah. and I totally. That's so our dynamic. It's yeah, like, it really is. You're depressed, it really so is. I'm not going to say what I wanted to say to you, or I'm going to say it in a different way, or I'm going to say it in a different way. Yeah, or it's like you're incorrect here, so I'm going to make you sit down. That's some real shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't sign mm-hmm. up for this today. So this is the real, real. This is the real, real. This is like real ass. You know, yes, we are not codependent. We are soulmates. Oh, so you need an advice column there, Rachel. Oh, do I? I need another another (laughs) job. (laughs) You need something else. You just add (laughs) to it. Well, thank you so much for that. Um. So, can I ask my own question? Yeah, you question. Yes, I don't want to look at this phone anyway. Brought up a couple things that I'm like, oh, hey, hey, Stephanie, want to ask a. Do you want to ask some random ass question? I do. Ask me anything. I, I do. Um, so for our third and final question. <laughs> so I recently um, just started with a new therapist. I mean, very started like two sessions, two sessions but I kind of immediately started feeling like this probably isn't the right fit for me. And one thing that really I haven't been able to stop 
obsessing over was there's without getting into all the details at this moment, there's a situation in my life. So pretty much to try to sum things up when things are difficult, I'm very good at keeping my boundaries. And then when things are no longer difficult, I have no more boundaries, mm-hmm. knowing good yeah. and well that things are going to become difficult again. You need those boundaries. because this is the cycle. And as soon as I let up on these boundaries, things start to become difficult again, right? So I'm aware of the cycles. I'm aware of my... This is super common in like family of origin stuff, like with your parents. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It happens a lot. Yes. Right. So very common. So for um, my, that specific session with my therapist, I was discussing like wanting to continue my boundaries, even when things are good. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. why I don't hold those boundaries, even though I know, okay, the second I let up on, you know, give an inch, they take a mile. I know this. I'm aware of this. I've experienced it countless times now, but I still, when things are good, when they're nice, when they're kind, when we're getting along, whatever the situation, mm-hmm. I give an inch. And then immediately a mile is taken and within a week, two weeks, things are it's a full blown shit storm. So And then what do you do? Go back to trying to keep my boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I'll do really great for a week, two weeks, a month. And then as soon as they stop being an asshole, I let up on the boundaries. Even though I know this is what I'm doing, this is what's happening, this mm-hmm. is what's going to happen, I still mm-hmm. do it. So my issue well, I don't know if it's an issue, but my, I brought this up in therapy and I was like, I would love to know why the F I keep doing this, even though I'm aware. Right. And my therapist's response was like, I don't think you need to know why. And I wanted to punch them in the head when they said that Mm. to me, because I was like, first of all, (laughs) that doesn't make sense to me. Second of all, if I don't know why I'm doing this, how am I supposed to fix it? And that just after that session with, with my therapist, it like that just every day I'm like, well, I don't. <laughs> okay. I feel like I've been tormenting myself with like, do I really not need to know why? You know what I mean? But then it's like. So that that's that's your no big question here. Me. That's your big question here. Is yeah, why so would you like, tell me I don't need to know the why? Yes. Like, and okay. And, and I guess my bigger question would be how would I fix something if I'm not knowing why I'm doing it oh, that's what okay. really kicked me was like if I don't fucking know why I'm doing these things how am I supposed to fix it okay all right so therapy counseling everything it's considered an art and a science like we can all know the science part like we can all get the same information we can all read the same books but the right. actual implementation of it the art of it yeah is where that's where you'll actually like click with a clinician or not. Yeah. Right. If they're, if the artistry is good. Right. I think your therapist kind of fucked up with the artistry there because he, he, she, they, she, I don't know, whatever. They, yeah. Yeah. They interrupted your orienting process. Like part of orienting as an animal, like we, we try to figure out the why, like, where am I? Where did the danger come from? Who was it? What happened? What was happening? Like, what, where, where did the danger happen? 
Like I need to orient. I need, yes, I need to (laughs) to orient to this to fucking figure it out so I can make sure that never happens again. Yes, yes. Now my brain. You don't. You don't need to know the why to heal. You don't need to. So your clinician was correct in saying that. But if you know the why, it sure fucking makes it easier to heal. It like really speeds things up. It sure helps. How do I know what I'm healing if I don't fucking know what I'm healing? Right. So don't interrupt that process because a why might appear. And if a why appears, boom, we're like, we're like ready to go. But if we search for the why and the why never comes, then we can move on to the, okay, you don't actually need to know to ensure that this doesn't happen. Now let's do that more difficult process together. Okay, let's go. So I just so, I was reading a book that said the why doesn't matter. And I'm mm-hmm. actually still reading it, so I can't even comment on it completely. But it's and like, it's true. Yeah. It's true. It doesn't, but but don't skip over searching for the why. But it is A, because it's a natural instinct and we're gonna do it. And you don't don't impede that because it won't work. Go with it, explore it. If the why doesn't come, understand you don't need the why. Okay. It's just sure is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt. And I I felt like I was, I want to. I'm in search of the why. The why is in that moment. It's in that tiny, tiny, tiny moment. Where I let up with my boundaries. Someone asks you for something or demands something of you or pulls from you and you give in. It's in that split second. If you can spread that. I was like, are you going to hit Rachel? (laughs) Spread that split second out and figure out what the fuck is happening in here. Do I want to please? Am I afraid of conflict? Do I want this good stuff to just keep going? Do I want someone to like me? Am I like, am I afraid of something? Like whatever it is in that tiny little moment. That's your why. So is it going to be in each of those times? Is it going to be the same thing? Probably. Okay. Maybe not. And what is the success so, rate of hitting that point and recognizing that point? I was just going to say, what do I, no. what would be your advice? So when I am in that moment where I'm like, can feel myself about to let up on my boundaries, what do I do then to, okay, what's going on? Like, how do I get closer to the why in that moment? You get really comfy asking for time. Hey, I just need a, I just need a minute to think about it. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just call you back. Start, start asking for just get, just give me a second. Ah, uh, you know what? Let me think. Okay. So what um, do I do when it's calendar. not even when it's, I, I can call it before they interact with me. You can feel it, huh? Right here. Yeah. Yes. I'm already, I can tell you the moment, I can tell you what they're going to do. It's mm-hmm. a crystal ball. That I'm going to respond to and let my guard down or let the boundary down. I can, mm-hmm. I can call it. I can tell you the date and time and hour and, and what they're going to do that I'm going to be like, okay, yeah, sure. Knowing in the back of my head, like the second I do that, there we go. Mm-hmm. Shitstorm for a week. So what do I do before I'm even in conversation with them when I can sense in myself that I'm about to let my boundaries up. Can you, can you like actually imagine that situation happening right now? Yes. Can you imagine saying no? 
what happens to your body? Look what's happening right now. Look, what happens? What happens? You see that? Don't forget yeah. to breathe. But I, I'm cringing for you. Right. Can I have help for that? I'm just kidding. No, keep going. <laughs> it's about you. That's your codependency. <laughs> so, and, and so I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not your clinician, but what I would recommend you do is ask your clinician, will you help me st- stay in that feeling? Because you need to get if I really no. the no feeling. I need to just hang out and let my body feel. Because that that's discomfort. all about me, not them. Yeah. Yeah. The more comfy you get feeling that, the more comfortable you'll, the more comfortable you'll be in that moment. Because I don't even know why that's instinctually, instinctually, your body is like, ah, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't, I can't feel that. Right. But if, and if I don't you know why, your, if you teach your body, no, we can feel that we do it all the time. We're good at this. We can feel uncomfortable and we're alive on the other side of it. We're good. Yeah. Because when they're angry or being an asshole, I can know all day long, but when they're being nice or kind or when we're getting along insidious. I can't do the now. Can I, can I say, so that's what I recommend you take, take to your clinician, whoever she, the, they, him are, I don't even know their titles or whatever. And, and ask, ask them to get you to that no place and like, stay with it. Just be there, feel that discomfort and get comfortable being in the discomfort. But, but I'd also like to point something out. Please do. You don't like that idea very much, do you? (laughs) Like, to the talking to my clinician. Mm-hmm. I think it's the clinician. Yeah, I just don't think. You you might be able to say, hey, you know, I want to explore the why for a little bit. Well, I we asked. Just... The second they said that to me, I asked, like, first of all, <laughs> like, I didn't love that answer. Um, but <laughs> second of all, how am I supposed to fix something that I'm not aware of or that I don't know why I'm doing. Not that I'm not aware. I'm very aware of what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I don't know why I'm doing it. Is and I the, feel like if I know why I'm doing it, then it's easier to fix because then I'm going to be like, no, that has nothing to do with you or with our nothing. It's that's me. That's a lack of this or that's because of my childhood or that's right. So then I can like, no, I'm not, you know, this is what I'm really wanting or not wanting. So that's what's going on here. And I just, I got so mad when they were like, well, I don't think you need to know why. And I was like, so how does that idea sit with you? Like the not needing to know why. And I'm only asking because Rachel said this and I read the book (laughs) that I'm reading. How does the idea of not needing to know why sit with you? So I hear that, but I am so good at figuring out the why. So for me, it's just like, there's zero chance that I'm going to try to explore this why and not get to it. Like there's very few moments in my life that it's like when I hone in on something, I don't figure out that why. Like I'm just naturally connect so much in my life with like, oh, you know, my mom wasn't emotionally available. So now I'm whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like it just in my brain, I can't imagine there being an issue in my life that I can't get to the why. And I think that's why I got so frustrated when my therapist was like, well, you know, you don't need to know why. And I was like, I'll fucking punch you right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Because it's like, I that's what I do. I get to the why. You get to the that's why. That's what I do. That's always been you. Yeah. That's such so an I, interesting I, thing. I get the concept that like, no, you can get better and do better or whatever without knowing why. But for me, I get to that motherfucking why. You know? Mm-hmm. So I felt may, very frustrated may, may when I they interject? just instantly were like. <laughs> can I interject? Yes, always interject. So I have something that might be super frustrating for you. Great. <laughs> Where's the wine? Are we done? I was just gonna say, can you go? We find finished something? the bottle. Go get the. You guys only got one fridge. bottle. <laughs> go get Silly. the cheap wine in the fridge right now, please. <laughs> go get the Franza, Franza, Francia. <sighs> so you you rationalize yourself through issues. I guess so. You you use this. You intellectualize. Yeah situations and people and relationships everything your entire life which, which is yes <laughs> which is really powerful it's powerful but it's frustrating because that can only take you so far because there's this whole other system you have your brain and your nervous system yeah and they're which, they're both conducting your business yeah and so if you're using just this organ to conduct your business there will be a lot of frustration there and it will keep you from using this whole navigation system, your nervous system to help you through. My intuition is unmatched though. So I feel like I do use this. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you're great at it and, and you can use it more when, when you hear, you don't need to know the why you're like, what, what? But that's like, everything yeah but babe but you're good you're good at this but you're good at this capitalize on this well that's what's even when i know right here Mm -hmm. i'm still doing so that's i feel like why i need here to understand why why even though i'm going against everything i know you know what i mean i can call it to the I can call it when I'm going to let up on my boundaries. I can feel even when it's like. You can feel what? What do you feel? I can feel like, yeah, Once. I'm about to let go of my boundaries that I know I shouldn't be let, letting go of. Mm-hmm. Why? What does it feel like physically? It just feels like I'm going against myself and my better Physi- judgment. Physically. Where, where do you feel it? Physically. What physical sensation do you experience? Uh, and you're pointing right here. So I'm guessing it's something around here my chest yeah here mm-hmm. so i feel like i might like i'm aware of everything but i just can't seem to say no in those specific moments i guess the concept of like you don't need to know why which i one brain understands and the other brain doesn't because it's like how do i know what i'm fixing or not fixing or when I don't understand what I'm doing, it's or almost why like you know I'm the concept, it. but you the, don't the know it for you, right? So, like, I know that, like, I need to understand that, like, I'm about to let go of my boundaries, and I need to say no, and I need to hold tight, and this, that, and the third. But it feels almost impossible to do that when I don't know why I'm doing that. Let's let's just give a personal example. It's as simple as like, I, I woke up today and I'm just so sad, so sad. And I think about it, I think about it, I'm like, everything's good. Why am I so sad today? 
I give myself the space to look for the why and know why comes. Okay. Okay. That's when we step into, I don't need to know the why. My body is fucking telling me I'm sad. It's like heavy and my stomach is tight. And it's like, okay, so now I'm just going to feel my way through this. There's no more intellectualizing that needs to be done. There's but that's where my issue comes because needs it, to be feels, done. it feels better when I don't keep the boundaries in that moment when they let up, when they stop being a dickhead or when they stop being an asshole or when they. So, so then what's the problem? Because I want to continue to keep that boundary. But your, body's, I, telling you, but your body's telling you not to. Because it feels good in the moment. Right. But so it's only going to feel it. good in a moment for a week. And then they're going to go back to being look, a piece look, of look, shit. Look, 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 look. Healthy, healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries is I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I know how much I want. I know how much I don't want. I know how much I'm willing to take. I know how much I'm willing to give. I know, I know where that line is. And sometimes some, I, I know when I put my wall down. And I'll put it back up when I want to. It doesn't mean always having the wall and, and making sure that you never, ever, ever give in to anything. It's, I know, I know where it's at and I put it down and I put it back up and I put it down and I put it back up. That, that's what you're doing. You're doing that's it. That's a thing. Yeah. That's healthy boundaries. When we first put our boundaries up, they're like these giant walls. We're like, no, nope, you can't, you can't come in. Right. But healthy boundaries is like, no, I know where my wall is. I'm going to put it down tonight. Until and tomorrow, you... I'm going to put it back up again. Yeah. Healthy boundaries is a big wall, but it has a door in it. And so you get to decide, like, I don't fucking feel like holding my boundaries. I'd today. call it a window. Come on in. Or a window. Whatever. Yeah. I like window because I can see so what's out there. That's healthier. <laughs> because it's, that's not, I... it's not healthy to, like, my no's are always no until I die. My uh, yeses are always high yeses until I die. Even, even when I know <laughs> that, like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. I'm going to let my boundary down. And in two days, you're going to fucking. Yeah be a piece this, of shit this makes a yeah. lot of sense too and you're you know I'm, I'm gonna i have to say this too i i, I don't know do what's wish, frustrating I, <laughs> I know that i wish that you oh were God, rachel's client leaving. so i could listen to this because <laughs> let me tell you that this would <laughs> absolutely it would absolutely like you'd have listeners up the wazoo but i i up think the what the wazoo, wazoo yeah What's you know, the, the wazoo? Ass, You've right never heard ass. of a wazoo? I was waiting for this moment oh, where where East Coast meets is. meets West Coast. And is that the wazoo? Is that the wazoo? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Up the ass. I wish that you were her client in that respect. But more specifically because she would know the context of all of this too, which would really help her respond and help you absorb on both mm. sides. But it's it's just such a fascinating dynamic watching you both try to kind of like well, because I didn't know that without was any knowledge, right? Whatsoever. You know what I, I mean? didn't know yes. that was healthy to yes. What is and that's healthy? what I and Who that's what I was that? thinking when that's honestly what I was thinking. And I have it. I put notes in my phone because I couldn't find any paper. Like she's demonstrating healthy boundaries. Like you have your boundaries. Nobody ever told me that. Like you what can, I was. You doing can put them down, like, and then when they fuck up again, you put your boundaries back up again. Like I that's didn't... what you do. Yeah, I and if it's working for sense. you. It's it working for you, then just keep doing it. Is. It is. And what didn't work for me was feeling like I had to keep my boundaries up. Mm-mm. Nobody ever said to me that, like, what I'm doing is okay. So it just has been a constant. Think of people who you know who have boundaries that are so solid. You're like, can't, 
can't you just see, I don't know, like flexible boundaries, people who they see a situation in the whole of it. I think of like customer service representatives who like don't listen to you at all. And they're just like, no, 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 no. Can't do that ever, ever, ever. And where I feel like a number, and this is like a very small scale type of thing, but like flexible boundaries, like, okay, you're a human. I'm going to listen to you and we're going to see what we can do, even though I'm supposed to say no, 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 no. But yeah. And I think, you know, you've taught me too, like flexible boundaries is the healthy way to go. I don't like people who are like, this is a no forever, no matter what. But even if this person is no good. Well, obviously they're good at something. (laughs) I can't even say what I want to say because they'll give away everything. I'm done. Mic drop. (laughs) They're not all bad. Obviously. I I wanna argue that so bad. And scene. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's serving you somehow. You're enjoying it. There's something about it that you like. Whatever. Stretch out that little moment. Figure like figure out your why. In that moment, like, what am I afraid of? What do I want? What am I getting out of this? Like and if the why isn't there, just feel your way through it, babe. And if you wanna like come and go with this person forever. Okay. Literally nobody has ever told me that like that's okay. That's okay to come and go. And I just that's what I've been doing. I've been feeling my way through. When it doesn't feel good, no, you're not welcome. Perfect. Once they're that's perfect boundaries. Better, then yes, you Mm -hmm. can be around. Exactly. And nobody ever said that like that's okay to do. It it's just always been the second that it does feel good or that it's okay when they're around. Mm-hmm. I've had this thing where it's like, oh, I shouldn't be letting them around because I know that, you know, in a week or a month or two weeks, it's not no, going to feel good that. anymore. It's soak it up. Enjoy it. Take the good shit. Go Take for it. The good shit. And then, and then like when it's not good anymore, no. Why do we need someone else to tell us it's okay for it to be okay? Oh, are you okay, honey? It's okay. You're in a safe space. It's super Okay. <laughs> Literally for years, I've been beating myself up. I know. For like letting them come and go. But it was like on my terms. They come and go. When I say you can come and go. That's and badass. I've been up for that. I've been beating no, myself up for that. it. Literally nobody's ever said like, that's how you do it. Like, that's yes. okay. Or, you're being a badass woman. You're you're doing what you want. That's when exactly you what want. I was thinking. With a who badass you want. woman. Yes. Yes. You're magic, baby. Yes. You've always been magic. You're good. Uh, You're good. Damn it. I hate real tears because I feel it. This is why I'm codependent. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. So good. This has been wonderful. This was so great. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. I was expecting you to cry. No, this is super important because like people get fucking shoved in other people's boxes all the time. Like, ah, girl, you're not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be like this. It's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to shoulda, shoulda. No, I'm going to, I'm going to do what feels good right now. And that's going to be right every fucking time. See, like I know that and like I live so much of my life. You would life tell somebody like else that. that. Like if it feels okay mm-hmm. or if it feels good, yep. then it if it's it's either fuck yes or fuck no. 
And like, yeah, for yep. the majority of the things in my life, that's like, it's a fuck no for me or it's a fuck yeah for me. But mm-hmm. this specific situation, it just, I want <laughs> I love to- how you keep calling him a situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, <laughs> when it's a fuck yeah, it's a fuck yeah. But then when it's mm-hmm. a fuck yeah, it's like, I'm beating myself up that like, Mm-mm. No, that don't I, steal oh, that I let joy. Don't I steal that joy. Back. That's what it nah. is. I let him back. Or the second he fucks up again, it's I knew that was coming and I still let him back. That's what it's been. It's been torture for myself. Just like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have let him back. Or I knew I shouldn't have, you know? And it's like, I need to just completely know. The golden moment of watching that exchange was when she asked you, like, how does it feel in your body? And you were like, well, it feels okay in my body when I, allow, I, I like, my body feels okay. Yes. And and it was like, that is just the answer right there. It's okay when I keep my boundaries up and it's okay with it when I let them down. Yeah, my body feels okay. But your mind's the one fucking you yeah. up because your mind's shooting you. Yeah. Nobody's ever yeah. said that, like, that's okay to do it that way even forever like you just said like you can do that forever like when it feels good it's fine yes when it doesn't it's your mind will fuck with you but your body will not right and i know that your body will which is why if your body is if your body is telling you this is safe this is good it feels good it's pleasurable like i i feel good here then it's the right place for you to be your mind is what is stealing that pleasure from you your yeah. mind is like, oh, I shouldn't be letting back. He's going to fuck up. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. Your mind is what's doing that to you. So trust. This has been powerful and it has been mm-hmm. meaningful. And I actually love that it took the turn that it did just because of, of the meaning behind it and everything and mm-hmm. your expertise and your your willingness to be raw. This is just, it's just a magical fusion of the both right here on this podcast and just you it know really is. thank we you really so were much to yes. both of you and yeah, i here. i yeah. really rachel please and come oh, back whenever the hell you want just send me a message that says like i want to come on and i'll say we're recording sunday right. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> i would love to um you guys just, are beautiful people. No, I've been so happy to connect with you. Both honestly. beautiful people. Oh, Ellie, you same. too. Thank you I so know. much for, for just being here, for being in communication. Oh, there she is. <laughs> I got Ellie to come on camera can't. twice. Yeah. Ah! Oh. She never does that. <laughs> oh, we've got a, we, we had a lot here and a lot for our listeners to absorb. So I, I think this is a good place for us to stop if everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. To our listeners, you guys are most magical human beings ever and mm. continue listening despite the nonsense we spew. This one, this one's just as powerful as the rest, if not more. <laughs> Rachel, please tell us where they can find you. Where they can find Consent to Treat. We're on all podcast platforms, Consent to Treat podcast. Uh, you can you can actually email me, consent to treat podcast at gmail.com or you can find me on uh, TikTok, Instagram at Rachel Sievers. M S Masters of Science <laughs> on yes. Facebook. I'm what am I? Rachel dot M dot Sievers. Sorry. It's very Facebook. confusing everybody. But yeah, you can you can find me. Or yes. just uh, arrive coach and is my website. Yes. 
Uh, just all of it. Just follow all, all of just it. All, it's just a big old mess. Just, just, good luck trying to find me. <laughs> listener, if you if you just hit that reverse 15 seconds uh, button, you'll catch it all. Just do it again. until <laughs> just, write, just write it down. <laughs> Send us Anyways. your questions, your comments, all your concerns. Ill-advised to the podcast at gmail.com. Or catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at ill-advised the podcast. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. Listen to Consent to Treat the Podcast. Please. And if it feels good, do it. Because Rachel said so. And thank <gasps> you for listening. <laughs> You've Yay. been ill-advised. <laughs> Yay.